Broadcasting by the sea in sunny San Diego, this is the Ascended Masters at Work show, where we lift the veil of mysticism and reveal ancient secrets brought to earth by the world's greatest spiritual teachers. Here we share real-life stories that change lives and widen our eyes. And now, here is your host and spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. Well, good afternoon, and for some, even our guest, it's the evening already. And this is the Ascended Masters at Work show, and the intention of this show is to awaken and reach through the veil of human creation into the minds and hearts of all who aren't aware of the Ascended Masters and the angelic hosts, or of the service these great beings contribute to our lives. And that's why I'm really excited to bring this show to you, because our guests will always tell you a story, and maybe two, about how these great beings have shifted their lives. And I know they have certainly shifted mine. And I just came back from the Tetons, and I had a wonderful experience. time with them up there and I was able to really connect and meditate and create a class for my students that are following and learning how to work with the Ascended Masters, learning how to manifest into their lives what they want, learning how to be multi-million dollar entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk more about that today. The gentleman I promised you I was bringing on this week, and we are so honored to have him, is all about unconditional love, fun, and happiness, and he's fluent in metaphysical law, which I just love, because he's my coach, and he and I can talk very easily about those metaphysical laws and how to put them into practice. So he's trained, and he's helped other multi-millionaires build their businesses, and he's innovated lots of programs that later got copied, like the aggregate summits. I don't know if you've heard of those before. Maybe he'll refresh our memory on what those are. And he's coached, and he's friends with world-famous people like Dr. John D. Martini, who's going to be on our show a little bit later. Not today, but another week. And at a time when the internet was, um, how can I say this? Well, he at one time held an internet record for the most PG&D product sales in one hour. Can you imagine that? So I'm very excited, as I said, about introducing him. And, you know, he ha- I, I'm sitting here looking at his awesome picture. I'm really not used to radio quite yet because I was a show, a TV show host for so long, and I got to sit across from everybody. But now I get to look at their picture when I talk to him. Anyway, Harrison Klein is our guest for today, and he's an award-winning personal growth transformationalist, wealth and business growth consultant. That's why I work with him. And his mission is to personally change million dollar lives. And he's dedicated to helping entrepreneurs, salespeople, executive coaches and healers build multi-million dollar companies and achieve the very best versions of themselves to personal and business fulfillment. Hi, Harrison. Are you with us? I'm so happy you're here with me. 
Hi, Shuleen. I'm here with you all the way, 100% and uh, upward and onward, as they say, Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you share with us what that means when you said you had the number one sales on the Internet? Tell us that story. Well, and I had an interview that was done um, a couple years back, uh, and it was regarding the idea of beingness. Uh, and the center of how we command energy. And, and during that particular interview, I sold uh, $130,000 worth of product in less than an hour. And I hadn't even basically, uh, I hadn't even basically given my, <laughs> my website out yet at that point. By the time the hour was over, $130,000 had come in. Wow. Yeah. And I see that's why you are such an awesome coach. And that's why I work with you. <laughs> so now everybody has a pretty good idea of what that's all about. It's been a fun experience all the way through. So, you know. yeah. Yeah. So tell us um, your story about how the Ascended Masters supported you. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, we talk about the understanding and the idea of being awake as human beings or enlightened, whatever you may want to term that, that experience, basically. But um, I was asleep for about 23, 28 years of my life. The first five were basically my child years, but they really set the tone for the next 23 years. And, and I was quite unaware. Uh, if you could picture yourself back in Cleveland, Ohio, and I don't remember what the year was, 1954 or two or something of that nature. And and uh, my parents are having this humongous argument about money. And uh, my father, who is basically a depressed soul, I'm the child of two Holocaust survivors. And so their entire demeanor about everything is, um, <clears throat> I guess, survival mode if you will, and fear and and protection. And so the vibes in the house are quite thick all the time. And, and you know, they argued more with each other than they, than, you know, than the time they spent with each other, actually. There was more, every, every conversation ended up to be an argument. And so I was living in this space of, of dynamic pain of different sorts. And, um, at a, the time, my father was quite depressed, and, and uh, my mother began goading him so heinously in such a dark manner that he lost it for the first time in, in, in my life. And I don't think I ever saw him do, lose it this way again. But he grabbed my mother by the throat and put her up against the put her up against the wall and threatened mm -hmm. her in, in, in an incredible way. Mm -hmm. And at that point, something inside of me cracked. It shattered. <clears throat> I was not happy kid to begin with. Most kids are happy till they're about six or seven years old, so they start to find out that that what they are seeing in the world is is pretty different than what they are experiencing internally. But I began being a precocious kid, knowing that fairly quickly, and. Um, my whole world shattered at that point, and I went into darkness. And, and you know, at that point in time, they didn't have diagnoses of autism, but the symptoms that I had were very autistic. And I was in that space. If we fast forward again for 20, 
until about the age of 28. I could make no co eye contact with human beings. I didn't want to have anything to do with human beings or relationships. I had very little auditory sense. So when people were talking, I heard about every third word like a bad cell phone. I tried to fill in the gaps of my inability to, to, be, to have attention or to hear. Uh, my speech patterns were almost nil. I had almost no conversations, so I was almost 30 years old with anybody, except for maybe one or two people in my house on specific topics, mostly trans, trans, um, transactional, like, uh, you know, how much is this and what do I have to do here? But on the other hand, I was a great reader. I was a great studier, and I could remember things far, far beyond many of the people that were around me. So I was a good student, and I wasn't put into strange places. Uh, but I was basically, everybody thought I was just a, a shy, untalkative kid all the way through my education and uh, greater experiences thereafter. So... Fast forward to a night in about 1972, I believe. I can't really know the exact date. It's been so long at this point. But fast forward to 1972, and I'm sitting in this overstuffed chair in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, at the time, I was trying to be a gallery artist, so I drew a lot. And even though I couldn't focus on people, I could focus on inanimate things. So what was inanimate was okay because it posed no threat to me. Mm -hmm. uh, everything else posed a threat. And so in, at that particular moment, I'm sitting there and I'm doodling in my little notebook. It's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and without warning, I'm suddenly yanked out of my body into this vortex of spinning white light, and I'm sent traveling through the universe at a speed and a velocity faster than the speed of light and patterns are coming at me colors are at me i'm i'm piercing cosmic clouds at an unbelievable uh speed things are going by planets are birthing and dying um choirs of angels are singing in the background that you know i couldn't really quite imagine this unearthly sound that was going on behind me and I was actually very much like the very Big Bang origin of all time. Now, that's not the origin of eternal time, but that is the origin of time as we know it in the physical domain, time-space continuum. And um, I'm just moving at this incredible velocity, and, and somehow... Um, Without a warning again, after I have no idea how long I was in this movement. It could have been two minutes, could have been multiple hours. But I was then deposited back on my body in this, like a thump. It was like a, a, a actual sound of a thump like that. And uh, when I was deposited back in my body, all the symptoms of my autism had gone. I was articulate. Mm -hmm saw energy for the first time so i was liberated in my visuals i was i saw energy i saw the pulsations of reds and blues and greens and i actually saw the swirling energy and the, and the vibrational pulsations of how they beat like a heartbeat but at different speeds uh the colors were very very more lucid and vibrant than anything i had ever known uh my auditory sense was incredibly enhanced i was in an apartment that was depressed about 30 yards from the street and I looked out, um, I ran out onto my balcony. 30 yards away there was a 
about five o'clock in the morning and two people were having a conversation and I heard every word succinctly that they were talking about, which I had never done even right next to me for 28 years. Mm-hmm. So, so it was, it, my auditory sense was highly enhanced. I, I sat back down in my, in my overstuffed chair and I began to understand, you know, what was going on in my body. I started looking at what is actually happening because because my my mind was going, what is this? What is this? I had no idea what it was I was experiencing, but it was a massive in, influx of energy. And the next thing I knew, I was able to experience, be sensitive enough in my body, which was the exact opposite of what I was in the autism, to experience the formation of thought at the base of my spine. If you could call it the root chakra, but it wasn't exactly the root chakra, but it was at the base of my spine, a thought was formed. It traveled up my spinal cord into my uh, amygdala, jumped my corpus callosum, that little ridge between the two halves of your brain, you know, and then into my frontal lobe and then out of my frontal lobe into a soap bubble type experience, an explosive little soap bubble that showed mm-hmm. me the picture or it showed or it gave me words. And you know, this the very first thing that happened was a voice as I saw this experience as of my thought moving in this direction up my spine, through my brain, out my frontal lobe, and into this soap bubble of explosion of beingness. And the voice said, Tell no one of this experience. And for about ten years I didn't. Mm-hmm. So so I was in this space of, if you want to call it awakening, but it was, you know, uh, a new understanding and a new place for me. And it was a massive in, influx of energy. And that could only come as a moment of grace. There's nothing that I could have done to prepare myself. You know, most monks and spiritual people sometimes meditate 40 years and never experience what they call what the Japanese call a satori. And that is a satori, which is a peak life experience mm-hmm. where everything opens up. Mm-hmm. And that was the experience I had. And since then, I've had many dimensional experiences, out-of-body experiences, whatever you want to call uh, near-death type experiences, but but places of astral travel and celestial travel and connected uh, uh, beingnesses across, a, you know, this array we call space, even though it's not. In point of fact, it's it's inside of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's not inside of us because there's nothing outside of space. So it is this experience of source connection, if you will. So, uh, mm-hmm. And it is a dialogue that goes on on the non-physical plane that, we, that I use to collect information on an intellectual level, think about it, consider it, and then, you know, inspire myself and others to break through the amnesia that we have in, in the physical plane into a higher space of understanding and being. So we can use that to create anything we want. The information is really potent and it's more important than the source of it, but the information creates experience and then it helps us to incarnate new or to what we call manifest new experience from different spaces. So it's not the experience, but it is. It's not. It's it's not the information, but it's the experience that chooses to remain on a on a carnate basis or an, or a non incarnate basis. Does that help? 
So Harrison, you know, I've learned over the years because I've never had an experience like you've had that that's really unusual, which is why I wanted you to share your experience. Um, but I've had uh, a lot of smaller experiences than that. And I <clears throat> I have no memory between the age of seven and 13. So it was interesting that you were saying seven years old, because, you know, I too went through a really tough uh, childhood. And um, I was just told that I wouldn't have any memories um, of that time because of what did happen, which I, I don't even know. And even to this day, no matter what they've told me or tried to do, I haven't been able to get those memories back. And so I've just come to the conclusion that I don't want to. So I find that what you've been through is so vivid that uh, just the idea of having all those colors and going through that warp speed after being in sort of what you described as an autistic state can really uh, jolt you into a new world. So how did you feel uh, after you came out of that? I mean, I would have just been shaking my head and wondering what the heck I was supposed to do next. Where were you with that? Well, I was in fear for almost two years, basically. Fear, first of all, of losing the experience because for the first time in my life, I was vivid. And for the first time in my life, I could see. I mean, what, what we call seeing in the physical plane, or at least what I knew as seeing prior to that experience, was very different than what I saw afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, so it was quite, you know, I would wake up every morning and I would say to myself, do I still have this? And then I would check my body to see if it was still there, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's a soul experience. It's independent of belief system, and it it gave me order and meaning. And mm-hmm. so, the first the first level of the next part of my life was begin to find a point to life. Because prior to that, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in anything. I believed I believed in hell. I believed in suffering. I believed in pain as many people do, or at least that is their dominant vibration. But upon that point, what I began to realize from this state of grace that was given to me is that, that life is worthwhile. There is a point to life, mm-hmm. and that is life itself, and that there is no life out there. There's only in here, number one. And number two, that life is what we are. There isn't anything there. Everything that we see as human beings um, in whatever capacities we are in and moments we are in is really life, and we are that life. It isn't that there's another being out there like you, Shorbeen, or John, or any people on this line. It isn't that there is, you know, a, a world out there that's made of rock and dirt and leaves and grass and all those things. Those are all parts of our soul process. It is the existence of who we are, and all of that is us, and it's coming from us. It's not to us. It's not about us, and it's not. It's a happening that is coming from us. It's an effectiveness and usefulness of information for the, for the expansion of what we call the universe or the soul. And more important, it's specific to us. So very interestingly is that, you know, there's only one soul in my understanding. And, you know, we all tap into it at different places and we call that our individual souls. But there's Mm -hmm. only one soul. And Mm -hmm. centuries have passed and many people have talked about it in different ways. But, you know, how do we create reality? We create reality from understanding life. 
and and the ascended masters, if you will, or the information that we are experiencing, what most of us call internally, which is not really that case because it's all one thing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so is you know is is um, what is happening as a connective outflow of different processes in the eternal anchoring of no time, no space. I don't know how to, you know, it's beyond fathomable in terms of, and immeasurable in language in a lot of ways, but there's no time, no space. It's mm-hmm. only happening. And the self is only an illusion. And the self that we call the soul is what we navigate from. And though most of us have not yet made... I won't say most of us, but a very, very high percentage of the people on the planet have not made contact with the 99% of us that's invisible. Mm-hmm. We have 1% that's physical and 99% that is invisible that, that constructs everything. The, we are focused on the visible because it's part of our agreement when we step onto the physical plane, onto the earth plane, if you will. We, we have an agreement to be amnesiac for a while. And mm-hmm. so as we reach our soul, we become, rather than amnesiac, we are actually cheating the, the amnesia and, <laughs> and coming into the space of the soul, if you will. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, that is our astral and celestial portions of ourselves. And, and primarily, you know, the, the non-physical becomes the reality as opposed to the physical being the reality, which is the opposite of everything you're taught on a a planetary basis and the reason why people suffer and go through all kinds of other difficulties and lack and don't have a general mission or purpose of who they are and all that. So, so. All right. So, Harrison, we're going to take a quick break and... um, We'll be right back with you. And I'm going to ask Harrison how we can apply this to our lives and in our business. Hi, I'm Shirlene Reeves with Maximize Your Wealth Now with a new tip on how to maximize your wealth. What if you could compel your clients rather than selling them so that they would work with you? Wouldn't that be so much easier? Wouldn't it be easier to have more income? I talk to entrepreneur after entrepreneur, and they're running from networking group to networking group, and they're so tired. And the reason they're tired is because they're not making any money, and they don't know how to work with their perfect clients. What if I said to you, compel, don't sell, and I could give you the tips for how to do that. I'm tearing back the curtain, and I'm going to show you how I built my business from zero to multi-millions, and I want you to make multi-millions too. So check it out on my website, MaximizeYourWealthNow.com, and get signed up for the next class. I promise you, I guarantee you, you won't be sorry. I invested in Shirlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program, and I 
just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. I came in wanting to know how to get more people I could talk to. And I also learned some things I didn't know that I didn't know. And now I know. At least I have a good idea. The reason I took this course was because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Charlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, is I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Charlene, for this amazing class. In 10 weeks, eight Compel Don't Sell students made a total of $301,000. Isn't it time to make a compelling difference in your income? If you answered yes, call 1-888-889-9212. That's 1-888-889-9212 to register for the next Compel Don't Sell course and learn the art of selling with heart. Discover the secrets to the three-step sales waltz. Learn how to open a sales conversation and ask for the sale authentically in your own words. Dial to reserve your seat today. Dial 888-889-9212. And welcome back. Uh, you know, if you want to call in and ask Harrison a question, you can call in at 888-627-6008. 888-627-6008. We have him here, and we don't often get a chance to ask a master like this the questions that you may have burning in your mind. And one of those questions that... I said, I promised I was going to ask him, is how we can apply this knowledge in our lives and in our business to make a bigger income. What can we do, Harrison? Well, we have to, we have to understand that, you know, income is simply focused energy uh, in a particular way and that anything we can observe, we can't at the same time be. And in the laws of the universe, we are what we don't get in this world what we are. We get in we don't get in this world what we what we desire. We get in this world what we are. So so you have to become the thoughts and the experience of what it is you want to uh, happen for your life financially or anything else, basically. So there are many different kinds of techniques that help us uh, move into our place of reality creation. We have to understand that reality is created through a set of metaphysical laws, that everything happens on the, on the um, invisible level before it happens on a physical level. Uh, you know, we have to understand that everything is energy, and it's not made up of energy. It isn't, you know, the computer is made up of energy, and the floor is made up of energy, and the walls are made up of energy. Everything is the same energy. There's no difference between you and the floor or the wall or your computer. It's all the same energy. We're just vibrating at different speeds on that. So as we begin to observe these kinds of things, we have to figure out who the who's the one that's aware. And what is the awareness of these things, you know? 
when we identify with certain things, we actually activate what you know everybody understands uh, or at least talks about as the law of attraction. And obviously, that awareness is like you know hanging around our our body and our mind, and and you know there's a there is a series of. of connections between you and what you want to experience everything starts with two parts in 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 the physical world that that creates your reality the first one is desire and the second one is belief and we have to have both of those things to make something happen so if you want more money you have to understand the desire of it and desire is not what most people teach you it's not an effortful you know dynamic of the passion that you got to go out there and go for what you want. Desire is the ability to see yourself in the situation that you want to have happen. So if you want to be a millionaire, you have to see yourself hanging around with millionaires. You have to see what the millionaire lifestyle is in your visualization, if you will, or if you're in your mind's eye. If you want to experience, you know, um, being a celebrity, you have to see yourself as a celebrity you know uh, you know your name on a on a marquee or you know being interviewed on a tv station like this or whatever the case may be or a radio station like this so the first part is that desire the second is the is belief so the desire won't get you there alone because it's not because it's still separate from where you are it takes you it's a gap between you and where you want to go the second part is belief which is the closing of that gap so the belief portion is to put yourself inside of the skin of that experience to be within that experience and it becomes familiar to you you melt into it you are part of it there is no difference between you and the experience so you are now in the center of that experience creating it and seeing it the way you want you're focusing on the experience in a way that you know, is from the inside or behind the eyes of the being that you want to, that you're trying to, to become. So if you want money, you have to understand both of those things. Desire, which is the, which is the response and reaction to the things you see around you for you to um, want to change into if you will and then the the belief is what does it feel like to be in that space so you know it's it's more than just a, a mind body thing and the soul is what orchestrates all these things so it's not and the soul isn't the least bit interested in information it's only interested in experience so um, if we're aware of what we call the mind, that stream of thoughts coming and going is not exactly who or what we are. What we want to do is uh, what we are is actually unlimited awareness and, and we can't experience anything we're not awake to. So to become awake to something, it means to involve yourself and immerse yourself in that situation. So there's nothing to achieve. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. There's no program to go through and nothing to solve. Beingness just is. And you identify yourself as a being of something. So the identity principle is to say, I am this or that, and then that focuses the energy. That is the governing principle. It is beyond the body. It's beyond anything else. So when you, when you focus on the I am this or that, that's a signal 
to the universe in co-creation with you to create the happenings that are uh, congruent with that I am. I am happy, I am depressed, I am rich, I am poor, I am strong, I am weak, I am fun, I am dull, etc., etc. So, you know, everything... Which kind is, of goes along, Harrison, right? If you're saying I am this or I am that, even if you want to have a lot of money come to you and you say... Uh, I'm broke or I don't have the money or whatever, then that stops all the attraction from the money coming to you. So there can always be a flow, but we always, we frequently will stop it of our own accord just because of what we say and what we think we believe, right? Right. Lang language in that way of, of thought and images of thought are the instructions to the universe to create your experience, all of your experience. Mm -hmm. So it behooves us to be deliberate about what our thoughts are, our actions are, and our visions are internally. Uh, so we can't experience anything that we haven't first experienced internally. And, and what's here and now actually requires no effort. Uh, what what requires effort is is trying to pull something in from the future or from mm -hmm. or out of the past. So, so, what do you think is the easiest way to awaken someone? I mean, there's some people that are just so firm on there is no belief with what with regard to what we're talking about right now, and I don't even know what to say to those people because they're so rigid in their thoughts. And what is that, do you think? Is that fear? What is it? How do we deal with that? There's only love or there is you know, lack of love. When we don't have money, it's because we don't love the money experience. When we don't have a good body, it's because we don't love our bodies. When we don't have a good relationship, it's that we don't value relationships, et cetera, et cetera. There's only love or lack of love. There's only prosperity or lack of prosperity. So when you begin to identify yourself as, as prosperous, that is, you then set up the conditions, and, and there are no such things as conditions beyond the third dimension, but there, we set up the conditions to experience what it is we want to experience. So if you identify yourself as rich, you will begin to think rich thoughts, you will see rich images, you will see, you will experience, you know, what we call the prosperity as a part of who you are, okay, when you do the I am principles. So the I am's set up the correct formation and focus of energy for you to come into a space that you want to come into. And that is the governing of the energy. So the I am is the first foundation of all things. You cannot do anything in this world without an I am. The very first time you say I am, I am anything, I am depressed, it sets up an image inside of your mind of you having low, low energy or with your shoulders slumped and your head looked toward your head pointed toward the ground instead of straight ahead or whatever the case may be. When you when you think of yourself as being, you know, a grand personality, you know, you may see yourself as having a purpose in your walk, you know, a, a straight demeanor, a fun smile on your face and and, you know, embracing the energy of everybody else. Richard Branson, you know, thinks of himself as a billionaire. And so he is, mm -hmm. you know, 
thinks of himself and, you know, this is what a billionaire does, this is how a billionaire talks, this is how a billionaire walks, etc., etc. And he creates those conditions by the thoughts and images of his mind. But first, before any of those can be created, he has to I am himself in that situation. Mm-hmm. So the I am creates a self-image, and that self-image then is the desire portion. The second part is the belief portion. How do you get into the belief? The belief is you immerse yourself into the familiarity of what that is like, that experience is like. That's how. So, you Harrison, um, let me just ask you: when when a person is working with desire and belief, that must be why they say if you really want to have a successful business, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe it. I mean, I know that's what I do with my business, and that's why I do well. There's no question in my mind. It's just a part of my beingness. And so many people I see that come to me, actually, to be coached are not in that space. They have a lot of fear that they're not going to make it, or they're not going to be able to Uh, make the money that they thought they were going to make, or they have someone at home that's been telling them, oh, you've already spent too much money. You don't need to spend any more money on your business. It's a failure. So when we have all that negativity surrounding us, that's what I was asking you a bit earlier. What do we do to overcome that? What's the best way to resolve that in the people that surround us so that we can move on? You know, you know my very good friend, John Martini, right? Right. He's going to be on the show in a few weeks. Yeah. So what he taught me a long time ago, and at least he verbalized in the most profound way, is he said, when the inner voice becomes greater than all the outer voices, you are the master of your destiny. Mm, so, good point. So when your voice... So regardless of what the people around you are saying, it has no influence except to the degree that you accept it. Period. So you could have everybody telling you you are an ass, you are this, you are that, you are you are cruel, you are depressed, you know, you treat me badly, you know, you never listen, blah, blah, blah. But if your inner voice says, I am great at what I do, you know, doesn't matter what other people are telling you around you continuously, even if they're hammering at you all day long, when your inner voice says, I am this or that, and you hold to that experience, you don't allow the other people, the other voices don't mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. So as you, as you commit to something, you, you become stronger at it. And the more resistance other people around you put, oftentimes the deeper you dig your heels in, which means the greater you become. And this is the success story of nearly everybody who has gone through zero <laughs> to, to amazement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So what do you what would you say is the difference between having an experienced spirit and not having an experienced spirit No, what would you say is the difference between having being or having an experience with spirit to build your life or not having it The realization that that you know that the things around you are illusionary that the things that there is, there are forces around you that determine, you know, the experiences you have. That is the key element behind all of that. To understand that the 99% of you that is invisible is, 
99% stronger, smarter, and more more able than the 1% of you that that you are navigating, you know, the this world self with, this world experience with. So that you connect to the 99% and you say, well, I'm focused, I want to focus on what I what is more you know, important to me than what is tangible to me. Okay, so what's more important to you? Then what's more important to you is what you want to have, what you want to experience. I want to experience a, you know, a Kawasaki motorbike. And if you think about that all day long, you know, you're going to draw that <laughs> experience uh-huh. you know, sooner uh-huh. or later. So when you think about, it, I don't have a Kawasaki motorbike, and I want to experience that, you're just not going to get it. You know, so. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, the, the universe is literal by its nature of the way you express yourself internally. So it, except for one thing, it doesn't recognize the words no, don't, or can't. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't exist in the, in the vocabulary of the universe. So uh, as you, as you eliminate those words in your own, and you, you. Take the perspective that you are a limitless being as opposed to a limited being. You know, you start to generate the energy of that. I am a limitless being. I can have whatever I want. I am in control of my experience and imagination. And I am collecting the information that of the hidden resources that allows me to experience, you know, my wealth, my my discipline, my fun, my storyline, so to speak. My intentions, you know, and any version of myself that I want to experience. So, so, okay, well, we will be right back and continue on with our conversation. And if you'd like to call in and talk to Harrison, ask him a question, dial 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. And we would love to answer your questions. Be right back. If you're enjoying the Ascended Masters at Work show, you'll love taking the next steps in your spiritual development with Reverend Sherlene in her workshops on the shores of sunny San Diego. Reverend Sherlene will teach you the mystical secrets shared by the Ascended Masters for lifting the veil of universal mystery. You'll discover and learn how to put into practice universal laws that increase your business, achieve financial freedom, and develop loving relationships. Learn the art of reading the universal signs. Discover the pure meaning of spiritualism and how to connect to the divine within you. Tap into the guidance that moves you from ordinary to extraordinary. Build a powerful relationship with spirit that serves your mission and purpose. Tap into your next steps with intuitive guidance you can trust. Each event has limited seating. If you're ready for your next steps on your spiritual path and want to make a difference in your life and the lives of those who love you, register at AscendedMastersAtWork.com. That's A-S-C-E-N-D-E-D, MastersAtWork.com or dial 
888-889-9212. That's 888-889-9212 to reserve your seat for this limited time offer. learn something new every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And this is a place where you can really evolve your business, your finances, and your lifestyle, not to mention your consciousness through the teachings of the Ascended Masters and the true life stories that they share on the show. And I want to first bring on Sumaya. She's been waiting to ask a question patiently. Hi, Sumaya. Welcome to the show. Hi, Shirlene. Uh, Thank you. I have been loving what I've what I've heard so far. Can you hear me? Okay. We hear you perfectly. Great, Hi, I have a question for Harrison. I've been using the I am teachings for some time now, and one of the things I'm wondering is I have some big long-term goals that I'm uh, working towards. Do you feel that it's better to use your I am focused on the ultimate end goal, or do you think it's better to just create some interim goals and focus on those one at a time? This is a big debate I've heard about. That's a great question. Well, what's what's more what's more relevant, Samaya, in my experience, is to shift yourself from addressing the future to being the future. So. There's a humongous difference between the two. You know, you may want to give up the old definitions of who you are and then to redefine yourself as the experience. And as you redefine yourself as the experience, you have to understand that you don't, there's nothing to achieve in, the, in this world. There's no, the higher self is nothing you have to achieve. The experience is nothing you have to achieve. It's what you already are behind all the layers and the masks and beliefs and the identities. And the thin layer of experience we call reality, which we perceive with our normal senses, is just a very thin layer between us and the higher self. And behind it lies, you know, infinity and the truer versions of us, and that we have everything, we are everything, and we experience everything. So, so the future is not, is not the right way to address something because you're trying to pull in from something that doesn't exist. There is only the here and now. So you have to be that thing in the now for you to experience. And as you change your associations and as you change you, what you identify with, you change your life. So the thin layer of the known and what you say, do, and think, you know, are similar day to day, but they don't lead you to the unknown. And the unknown is where all of your joy and exhilaration and, you know, ecstasy is. So looking at the unknown inside of yourself or outside, there's actually no difference between the inside and the outside, but uh, we expand our limits to find out more about us. And what we do is we come into the I am's as I am this thing right now, whatever it happens to be that you want, if it's money or, you know, uh, celebrity status or being on Sherbeen's radio show or whatever the case may be. <laughs> uh, hanging out with family, friends or foes or, you know, being a, you know, a hero or whatever. But you, 
the thing is not to try to pull it in from the past or the future or, or use any of those those things. The thing is to be what you want to have happen right now. And that it means that you're changing the identity into the path of the wizard. And the true wizard or the shaman is somebody who has extraordinary abilities in perception, creation, and action, but in the now. That is how we are that is how we are wizards. This is because we don't operate from the viewpoint of a personality or the viewpoint of the higher self or trying to get somewhere. But by changing the identity, the wizard recognizes two basic truths. That he is none of the identities that he, that he talks about and that he is something bigger and brighter than a collection of hobbies, surroundings, you know, money and traits. Personality is a construct of consciousness, but experience is not a construct of consciousness. It is the it is the construct of the, the the knowledge of who we are, or the the experience, or or the immersion of the greater than the world self, if you will. So, does that answer your question, Sumaya? Not really. Okay, ask your uh-huh. question again. Well, I I mean I do completely agree with what you just said, Harrison. And I don't know if maybe my question wasn't clear. It's I feel that I can say an I am statement and really believe it and feel it in my emotional being if it's something that's a little closer to where I am right now. But if it's far away and I can't quite feel that, like I'm going to be a millionaire, for example, I don't know what that would feel like, and it's harder for me to bring that into my emotional feelings. So I'm just wondering which way is best. You know, Do you understand what I'm asking? I don't know if I'm being clear. Yeah, there's two parts to that, as I see it, Samaya. One is the fact that, you know, um, Right now, you're not a millionaire, so what you're doing is actually activating the not being a millionaire situation. The second part is, I'll give you a very simple technique to get the feeling of being a millionaire, okay? Who do you know that's a millionaire? Do you know somebody who's a millionaire? I mean, there are millions and millions of people out there who are millionaires. Do you know someone who's a millionaire? Uh, not personally, no, but I, I know people who would be out in the world, yes. Okay, so... Pick one. Give me somebody that you admire that's a millionaire. It could be a celebrity. It could be, you know, an author. It could be somebody you know who has a business, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Give me okay. one. Just think. Uh, of- all right. There. I'm. Do you want the name, or should I just think it right now? It doesn't matter. One way or the other. Whatever you're comfortable uh, with. Okay. <clears throat> There's an Australian want- business coach that I've worked with. I have her in mind. She's a millionaire. Okay. So, so am I. It's so, and I don't know about Shireen, but I think she is too. But mm-hmm. whatever the case is, but here's the thing. Okay. So, you, know, you, this person exudes a particular kind of energy, and you can feel that energy. You can sense it. I mean, I look at, at Richard Branson. I know what he's feeling at any given point. You know, I'm just sensing it from from my perspective, from my beingness, right? So I look at Richard Branson or Warren Buffett or Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. I know what their experience because the words are secondary to what you're feeling when you look at them. So 
what you are experiencing is, is this sense of vibration that they are putting out. All you have to do in order to experience the same kinds of things that they do is project your energy into the same kind of energy. Sense that feeling, bring it in as you, and then you can act from that space and that will vibrate in the same direction and hang, give you whatever it is you need. You know, when you are trying to pull it in from someplace else, you say, I am not that thing. All you're going to get is not being that thing. You have to be in that space of sound. So you're going to project your energy. Everything is energy fields. It doesn't matter. The computer, the chair, the, you know, the, the lizard outside your door, whatever the case may be. <laughs> those, are all, those are all energy fields. So all you're doing is you're going to walk into the energy field of what it's like to be a millionaire. Now, all millionaires, I mean, when I choose when I choose my energy field, I look at people who have $100 million or better or whatever the case may be, and I say, what do, what do they talk like? What do they feel like? You know, I, just, I identify with them. I talk and I feel the same way as they. I can move my energy into the same space as they're vibrating at. And then I get the feeling of what that is. Are you with me here? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I get that's, that. That's, that's mm-hmm. very dramatic. So it's a change mm-hmm. in your energy. And all you're doing is basically changing your identity. You're changing your I am. Okay. So you're changing your I am into I am identifying or I'm feeling like that person, right? And I'm feeling in the same way. Vibration and the word vibration and feeling are the same thing. So so I am vibrating the same way as that person is feeling. So what that person's vibration does is set up the law of attraction in order to bring you the things that you identify or that you define as that state of millionairehood. You know, your definition is your definition of that, but you know, you can use that vibration to bring you those things into your life. You know? So Harrison, and that's a really good point because you're saying for anyone who wants to be a multi-billionaire, I mean, you might as well shoot for the stars. Just figure out or watch and see what kind of vibration they carry, how they stand, how they talk, how they interact with others. And then you can focus on that and bring that into your own world and then create your beingness of being a, a multi-billionaire. That's exactly what Harrison said. Exactly. They're projecting a particular feeling. Mm-hmm. You can just project into that feeling and that becomes you. As you project. And that's the secret. You know, that's really the secret because you can also project the feeling of being poor and hang out with people who are poor and have no money. And and I had no money three times in my life, but I was never in my mind poor ever. And I always knew I would come back to where I am today. And this has been a really great conversation. Harrison, do you have any final thoughts? We're running out of time. This has been such an awesome day. You know, for those of you who are listening, the one thing I can say is, and this is, you know, I have some particular strengths. One of them is fun. One of them is profundity. One of them is intelligence for a number of other different things. So what I say to you guys is create with joy because joy is the higher vibration and will help you get into the space. You cannot create something positive from a negative space. It doesn't work that way. You can't be depressed and create money. You can't be depressed and create happiness or have a great relationship. You can't use a lower vibration to get a higher vibration. You have to step into the higher vibration. 
And the higher vibration negates all those world energies. It negates depression, it negates frustration, it negates you know, disappointment, it negates fear, it negates all those other things. You have to give up. You can't, you know, the mind can't contain two similar, two opposite vibrations at the same time. So you have to give that up. So the one thing that moves you into a higher vibration is a sense of joy. That is the first and the fastest way to move into a higher vibration, to really delight in what it is you are, you want to experience and what you are experiencing. And as you delight, as that brings a sense of washes over you in, in terms of feeling good, you are in a much stronger space to create or to experience whatever it is you want to experience. So go out there and create with joy. <laughs> that was beautiful, Harrison. Thanks so much for that. And I want and and thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Harrison. I really appreciate and feel honored that you have the time with us today. Stars remind you all of who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and next week on Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, we will be talking to Laura Baxter. And she's an American opera singer, and she lives in Germany. So she will be coming to us all the way from Germany, over the wire, of course. And her topic is all about the I Am Presence and how she innovates and approaches supporting entrepreneurs and her clients in mastering a strong inner presence while literally owning the room. So Harrison really started you off with that I am presence and Sumaya asked a phenomenal question. I'm so glad she called in. And now we are going to talk about how to own the room, how to exude a dynamic, exciting outer presence. So I hope you'll be with us next week on Thursday at 2 p.m. to talk to Laura Baxter. Until then, have an awesome week and listen for the messages for the, Ascend the Ascended Masters. Thank you for joining us on the Ascended Masters at Work show with spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. We hope you found our message enlightening in a way that will change your everyday interactions in work and play. Share the love. Pass on our web address, ascendedmastersatwork.com, and if you have a great story to share, we'd love to have you on the show. This has been a Massive Visibility Media Production. Join us next week for the Ascended Masters at Work show. And while remembering the words of the late Wayne Dyer, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. We say Namaste.